concede quasimus nipotens Deus ut qui udierna die unigenitum tuum redemptorum nostrum ad celus accendisse credimus ipsi quoque mente in celestibus habitemus. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The prayer for the collect of Ascension Thursday asks the Lord to grant to us who celebrate the ascension into heaven of his only begotten Son, our Redeemer, that we may keep our minds in heaven. Literally, that we may keep our minds among heavenly things. That, I suggest to you, is a beautiful way of summarizing this epistle of St. Paul to the Galatians, contrasting those who sow in the flesh and those who sow in the spirit. St. Ignatius of Loyola, when he was convalescing early in his life, noticed that difference between what stirred in his heart after reading exciting tales of battle versus what stirred in his heart when he read all that he had at that point in his life, which was Lives of Saints, given the limited number of books at the bed where he was being treated. The excitement of tales of battle left him weary, tired, lethargic, depressed. The end result of reading about holy things and holy people was peace and joy. And that began his deliberate analysis of this ability to discern what's happening inside of us, to discern these spirits, Ironically, in these years, 500 years later, many people would think, well, reading anything is a spiritual activity as opposed to eating something or purchasing something or doing some other work of the flesh. And to the degree that perhaps we've, we've forgotten what it, what it really means to, to sow in the spirit, rather than to sow in the flesh, given that summer is over. It would be good to consider, remember, what is it of this past summer that gave us refreshment, as opposed to the things that took life from us? What were those activities, those places, those people, What were the topics of conversation, the topics of our reading, or the subjects of our viewing, perhaps? What gave us life, and what took life away from us? Unfortunately, many people have the experience of having whatever good was accomplished by their vacation erased by the effort it takes to travel home makes us even 
less prepared to return to whatever life awaits us. And ironically, it makes us yearn to go back to that which just took life from us. So I, I, I bring this to mind just to suggest um, two thoughts and, and two, um, two resolutions. What should be our plans for next summer? Where to go, what to do, what to read, what to watch, what not to read, what not to watch, what to eat, what to drink, what to avoid. And how does that translate into the next 10 months, the next school year? Not only on a day-to-day basis, but also on the occasional opportunity to, to escape for a few days. Even consider this. How do you see the impact of all of this when you are at your weakest? Maybe when you're almost asleep, when you're asleep, when you're just barely awake, when you're sick, when you're otherwise incapacitated. How does our soul respond to those situations? That's the fruit of the the days, the weeks, the months, and the years, and the decisions we've made up until that point. Is there still virtue? Do we still have patience? Are we still open to God's grace? In the most extraordinary example, we see in the gospel a dead man. We so easily forget, probably, how our Lord was able to work miracles with those who had faith, those who were open to him those whose hearts were open to the workings of grace. Where there was no faith, he could work few miracles. We too easily think of this dead man as just simply completely passive, completely receptive, because he's dead, because he can't resist. But we're not just a body. It's not just a, a passive, cold body that's being walked past here. He's interacting with the soul of that dead boy. And quite obviously, the soul of that dead boy was receptive and open to receive God's grace. Not because of things he was able to do at that point to benefit his salvation, but simply as a function of all the things that he had done prior to his last earthly breath. The Lord can work wonders on us, even when we do nothing, if our soul is open to him, if our soul is disposed to his grace. The Lord can pour blessings on his beloved while they slumber. But if our heart is cold and bitter and closed to God, we present an obstacle to the working of his grace, even when our mind isn't working.
And so we should strive not just to do good things when we have our wits about ourselves. We should strive to be so consistently receptive to God's grace that our soul remains open to him, even when we don't need to make that much of a deliberate effort to do so. So it's not just once a year. Every day we need some rest. And all the time we need to sow in the Spirit and to keep our mind among heavenly things. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.